CFW Divine Feminine Events presents Celebrating the Divine Feminine, an interfaith art show and lecture series. This event will be happening on April 22nd, 2023 at the Grapevine Convention Center in Texas. In order to secure this venue and pay for all the associated costs, we will be holding a fundraiser from October 17th, so it's already begun, it's in full swing, through November 17th, unless of course we can get it funded before then, which would be amazing and we are well on our way. We are already over 30% funded, so that's so exciting. There are gifts and surprises happening throughout the fundraiser for those who donate, so please check out nataliejeanart.com slash dfw divine feminine event for info on how to donate. You can also submit poetry from wherever you live um, or volunteer to help us before or at the event. So check us out on Instagram, uh, myself, her.scriptures, or Natalie at Natalie Jean Art for more details about the fundraiser. Thank you so much. And now on to our episode. trying to seek and celebrate the divine feminine you know we all are kind of on different ends of the spectrum at any given time of feeling cynical or feeling hopeful and excited and I just want to maintain that hope Hello and welcome back to the In Her Image podcast, a podcast where we seek and celebrate our mother God through scripture, scholarship, the arts, and everyday life. We are your hosts, Jess and Kate, and we're really excited to have a conversation between the two of us because it's been a minute since we've done that. Indeed it has, and I hope that maybe we've gained some new followers, some new listeners who will get a chance to know us. Yes. We thought we would do a little bit of getting to know us and a little bit of assessing where things are at currently for us and the podcast and just share kind of some things that are going on and what's going on in our world. So we're really happy to have you with us. Currently, I have laundry on my bed behind me that needs to be folded I just put my three kids to bed, and I'm hoping that they stay there, but it's never, never a guarantee. Kate and I both homeschool, so we're like, you know, a little busy, a little busy. We're just full-time teachers. <laughs> That's and all. everything else. Yes, now. and podcasters. I guess we also decided that we weren't quite busy enough, so... One thing we'd like to say and just put out there, throw out our little feelers, is that we would love to have some help with our social media. We have been posting on Instagram. It automatically posts to our Facebook page as well. If you found us on Facebook, miracle. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to have somebody who could help us create like a branding kit and help us post maybe like a couple times a week. We post really cute reels that are fun, but we would love to have somebody go through and like take little snippets from the podcast of these amazing quotes that people share like every week 
and put a couple of those to a reel or an Instagram story or a post so that people can share them really easily and find the podcast and, you know, hear these amazing insights and think, where in the world did this get shared? I need to listen. So if you think that you could use an avenue of service or if you have talents in this area, or if you just are like a major fan of the podcast and you just want to help, this is one way that would be really, really amazing for us. We would love it. We would be honored to add you to our team. That's how I got involved. I just reached out to Jess and said, I want to share on your podcast. And now look at me. Yes. Look at you. (laughs) Co-host. So if you would like to send us a message, you can either email us at inherimagepodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at inherimagepodcast. Yes. So Jess, how are you feeling lately? I'm feeling good. It's been really helpful for me to learn more about the feminine flow of things and how it's so cyclical, you know, not just within our bodies, but in every facet of our lives, that has helped me so much because I've come around and I've come around, you know, to seemingly the same spot, just in a different time. But when I look at it closely, it really is a little bit different. So currently, I don't know, I feel pretty good about, well, I feel good about church, which is actually something that has been surprising me (laughs) because Mm -hmm. for a little while there, I'm not going to lie. Church was really hard for me and not hearing Heavenly Mother's name ever was just this like glaring hole and it really hurt, you know, and it was hard to not take that personally (laughs) and to not feel like people were saying it, you know, like to hurt me, which like I knew in my mind that they weren't doing that, but my soul just hurt. And conference was hard and conversations with people were hard when people didn't understand. And they're like, so explain this to me. Like, why, why is this such a big deal for you? It was just hard because it felt like no matter what I could say, I couldn't convey it to somebody who hadn't seen it themselves. And I've felt really blessed lately that I have well, and one thing I have to say is that I I accidentally or by the grace of God took a break from church for like several months basically because either me or one of my kids would get sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I was like creating that, but my husband had a high demand calling and so I would take the kids to church and that really scared me and we had early church and so I was like, God, how am I going to do this? You know, at the beginning of the year when we switched to 9 a.m. church, like, I don't think I, yeah, I don't think I can do this. And I got this impression, like, I I got you. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And then we were just sick for like six months. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't like bad sicknesses, you know, it was just like random little colds and flus and stuff, which you don't want to take to church. So that was... And hand, foot, and mouth. Yeah, that one wasn't fun, but I didn't get it, luckily. 
But my poor kids, they all cycled through it. But they were really tough. None of them acted like, you know, super bad. So it was like, I, I felt like we were being blessed, even though it was with the sicknesses. Uh, interesting. Honestly, that was helpful for me to have home-centered church again, whatever I wanted that to look like. And I kind of took some breaks from reading the scriptures, and I just did what filled my cup. Sometimes that was just being together with my family or sitting out in the sunshine or reading one of my many books in my stack about Heavenly Mother, just pulling out like Finding Mother God or A Girl's Guide to Heavenly Mother. You stopped reading the official canon of the church but you were still reading scripture. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And honestly, when I get on Instagram and read posts from some of the amazing people I follow, that feels like scripture to me too. Like current, out of the mouth of babes, scripture. So I definitely feel like I was being nourished and filled and it was in the way that I needed. And now I've kind of been able to like gently reintegrate into those things. My husband has been released. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been physically doing well and going back. And this time it feels, it feels better, but it does kind of feel like a circling around like, hmm, this, it doesn't feel as it did before, you know, three or four years ago. But I'm starting to see how it can be okay for me, even though church-wide things are not where I I wish they would be. And I've just kind of let relationships evolve or not as naturally they just do. And so there's my there's my answer, I think. <laughs> Kate, what would you say? How are you doing? Excellent. I've got a lot of thoughts. So Jess and I got to go to a fireside on Sunday with Ben Shalati. Well, we didn't go with him, but we saw him there. <laughs> Next time we'll go with him. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know us before that, though. He gave us a ride no, <laughs> here in Texas. Anyway, and she and I got to talk while we were waiting in line to meet him. It was a really great fireside. He's from the podcast Questions from the Closet. If you are not familiar with it, we recommend it. Anyhow, I like how you started out with saying this because it's something you reminded me on Sunday that life is cyclical, that all of these different struggles and ups and downs are a pattern, yeah, a cycle. And even when we like, for example, Sunday, I felt like I was at the bottom of that cycle. You know, it's good to remember this isn't the end. This isn't the, you know, I was at the low point of the cycle is what I meant. Um, and yet it's an upward spiral that has low points and, and goes up. And I found a lot of, you know, another thing that you've introduced me to is Kundalini yoga. And that's been something, you know, very different. Culturally, you know, not very Western at all. There's chanting and really specific breathing, but it's been amazing how trying to make a practice of it for specific reasons and purposes helped me to release joy, to bring up creative power inside me, to 
let go of depression and irritability um, because I'm a very busy mom. I don't, I don't like saying that word busy, but my life is very full right now. I don't feel like I have much room for anything else right now. Today was the perfect example of like end to end, always doing something, always cleaning, picking something up, homeschooling, going somewhere. And that brings me to another thing that's on my mind that I haven't shared with you yet, but So yesterday I had a dentist appointment and I had to have a cavity filled, a cavity replaced. And I pretty much have to like shut off my brain and go to another planet in outer space in order to not like have a panic attack (laughs) um, in that situation. So I was like, okay, what podcast am I going to listen to? I'm just going to close my eyes. I'm just going to imagine I'm somewhere else. and. I decided on, like at the very last minute, I decided on a Rob Cat. If anyone's familiar with Rob Bell, just kind of a mindful, spiritual thinker. Uh, I haven't listened to a lot of his podcasts, but I like his voice. He's just pretty like soothing. I know it wasn't, I knew it wasn't going to be anything too like upsetting to add to the pain that I was afraid of experiencing. And he talked about hope. So I want to give all the credit to Rob Bell just as an upfront, but I kind of wanted to talk about what I learned podcast. And it wasn't like his ideas were all totally new. They're kind of universal truths, but the way he packaged them uh, hit me just right yesterday and today. So he talks about going into a grocery store. And if you can imagine going into your favorite grocery store, they always go to, You look at all the things on the shelves, what's on the shelf, you know, and he asks like, who, who put those things on the shelf? Well, you know, milk came from a farm that, you know, was packaged and prepped here and put on the shelves. It's easy to feel like I had nothing to do with putting what's on the shelf there. I just come into the store and take things off the shelf and then I put them in my cart and I check out and I take them home. And I can feel pretty disconnected from that process. But then he goes on to explain how the reason the things that are on the shelf are there are because of the feedback that the store gets from all the people that shop there. They know that they that when they put, you know, my type of um, you know, I buy a unsweetened almond milk yogurt for my daughter. And there's only so many stores that have that, but they stock it because enough people buy it. So they keep stocking it. Then he says, so picture again, going into that grocery store and realizing that you are an integral part of what goes onto those shelves and that you, because you have patronized that grocery store many times have actually played a part in that and and influenced it. And, you know, he had, this is a two part thing. There's more parts even, but I've only listened to part one and two. So I'm (laughs) going to really try and streamline it. You know, I can't cover everything he covered, but that's just kind of how he introduced us to the idea that like we influence 
everything around us. The things that we like and the things that drive us crazy are because we sat through it. If we look on social media and we feel like everything is so horrible and -and so-and-so keeps doing this and saying this, well, we continue to receive that feed because we are looking on it. Those videos are going to keep being made about so-and-so, or that person is going to keep saying those things because energy is being thrown in that direction. You know, or like when you're in traffic and you get home and you're like, oh, traffic was so horrible. But like, how is there traffic? How do you know that? Because you were in traffic and you're traffic to everybody else. (laughs) Wow. So this is blowing my mind. (laughs) Good. (laughs) So for better or worse, like in every way you are contributing to the way the world is. And so bringing it back to this idea of hope, when you, when you, Walk into the grocery store with this idea that you have no control over any of the options, but you just hope you have no reason to hope you have no influence over it. You just hope that they'll have what you need. That's, that's hopeless. That's pretty like dismal to think like, I I really have, can't control this. It's out of my hands. But when you go in seeing the truer picture that you are connected in so many ways to what your options are and that by every choice that you make influences the world around you, you know, going out, driving somewhere influences the roads um, and so many other examples, whatever you send your energy at is, you know, the universe is going to answer that um, with more of it, you know, and then in, in part two, he really like digs a lot deeper into that that whether it's you know this uh, a relationship that you're having where someone is just always beating you down or whatever it is you know very vague example but you're having this co- constant conflict in your relationship then you have to kind of think about what am i doing in some sort of unseen way if you're spending a lot of time complaining about that thing how are you sending out that vibration to the universe that this is what I want more of or, or whatever, you know, you're allowing that person to talk to you that way or continue sending you those messages. Uh, you kind of have to just stop giving it your attention. Yeah. Who is it that teaches this? Maybe Jody Moore teaches how sometimes we have, we have full power to change a thing and we want to change a thing or like we're very vocal about wanting to change it. And yet like realizing we actually have the power to change that thing. A lot of times we still don't change it just because we are used to it. We're in a habit and you kind of like what you're used to. You like normalcy. You don't like change, right? Your brain doesn't like change. So maybe you even like, Consciously, you don't like being a victim, but subconsciously, maybe that's easier. You don't know how to live a different way. Yeah. Well, if you know what you're, what you're supposed to be obsessing about, then like you already know what to think about. I don't know. Like then you don't have to do a lot of like self digging Yep. or just rethinking in general. Mm -hmm. like 
yeah, this is the pattern. Even though I say it makes me crazy. So as I was listening tonight, doing my dishes and all the things, you know, I thought, well, it's pretty easy for me to think about other people and like how they're inviting the things that they hate. You know, that was easy. And I was like, oh, I should actually probably think of myself. Like, what is it? What am I, what world do I want to create? You know, I felt like what I loved about part one was that essentially the essence of hope is agency, is realizing how powerful you actually are. That you don't have to hope, you don't have to just throw out like a wishful thought in a world that cares nothing for your thoughts or nothing for your action. It's this beautiful gift of agency that we've been taught that God gave us. And it is in some way the most important, I don't know what to call it. It's just central to this plan working is for us to understand our agency and wield it the best we can. And so you can have hope. When you know that like, if I buy this thing, if I continue to buy this thing, they're going to make sure it's stocked um, whenever I need it. If I, if I put this positive thing out or I ask for this positive thing, then I'm shaping my world. So back to Heavenly Mother and cycles too, because at first it's like, oh my goodness, like this is beautiful doctrine and it's like so delicious to me and I'm so excited about it and it's a really good high and you like draw all this poetry and books and articles into your life and you're just feasting and then you start you know you go back to church and you're like wait wait she's real and nobody's talking about her and it like you sink down into this <sighs> she's so overlooked and you know it can be easy to spiral down kind of how you said like, man, this is just really hard. Something that used to be so filling to my heart, my soul, church, and all these other things are now, you know, like no longer doing it. And then you kind of go up and go, well, that's okay because I'm going to make a podcast and I'm going to talk to so many people about it. I'm going to find all these accounts online and I'm going to rejoice in that. And then something else happens and it's like, but I'm so mad that it feels to me like they're trying to clamp down on this and they're trying to keep everybody from saying heavenly parents and heavenly mother. And literally this, these are my thoughts like as of two hours ago. So (laughs) I have not mastered this idea. I don't know, but what I'm just starting to think is like, whenever I start feeling cynical and in our group of ladies that that are trying to seek and celebrate the divine feminine, you know, we all are kind of on different ends of the spectrum at any given time of feeling cynical or feeling hopeful and excited. And I just want to maintain that hope in that hope that like, you know, so many people will tell me the church is never going to change. Like you can't change the church. You're in the cheap seats, you know, uh, these, the men leading the church are not thinking about this, or they don't want to think about this. And I don't want to give energy to that idea anymore. Mm, so good. So I'm just going to do my best. I don't, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> two hour old thought. <laughs> so good. 
Well, I think the way we define the church is important too, because I think like, yeah, I'm not going to change, you know, a policy of the institutional church right now. But if you say like, the church is never going to change. Well, I am a member of the church. It's my church. Mm -hmm. I am part of it. And so if I change, which I have, and you have changed, and women all over and men and others are changing, then the church is changing, you know? And those bubbles and those ripples will be felt and are felt. They are felt already. And so it's just not true that the church won't change because the church is me and you. (laughs) Yeah. It's already changed and changing. I love that. That's that rings true. You're right. How can you, uh, what do you think of what I said? What do you, what are these ideas swirling in your mind? I was going to ask you to, I was going to ask you to tell me how you're going to do what I just said to do, but I take it back. <laughs> well, one thing that came to my mind as you were starting to finish what you were saying was I thought of our friend, Emily Carolyn Baker and how she talks about the, the rise and how, the the masculine holds the space for the feminine to rise and there's always a clash when the feminine starts to rise the feminine and the masculine clash and when she rises if she can hold that space that risen place of this new information this new way of being whatever it is that she has discovered if she holds it long enough the tension of that like bowstring eventually pulls the masculine and the masculine can rise as well and she has just been so inspiring to me especially this last few months in saying i know i know it looks slow or it looks hopeless (laughs) but if we hold this space and we we don't go back and we don't succumb we don't you know if we just continue to we don't spend all our energy in the clash right you stay in your risen goddess energy then eventually the rest will come along it just has to and so even though it feels like this huge amount of tension it won't be forever and that gives me a lot of hope (laughs) that that this is just the middle And so I think one thing that we can do, you know, while we're not focusing on what we don't want to (laughs) see is to focus on the, the truth of it at church on Sunday. I saw a dear friend after sacrament meeting and she was asking me, you know, telling me that she loves the podcast and she's super sweet. She told me she's excited for the event that's going to be happening here in Texas. And she was like, I cannot wait to go. And then she said, you know, just because others aren't ready for it doesn't make it any less true. Mm. And that just touched me so deeply. And so I think if we just continue to teach our children, our whoever's in our influence, and teach from this place of love and greater light and knowledge that we have received, we'll see the effects And good things will continue to happen. I really, really think that we have been 
dang lucky to be witness to this, let alone participants Mm -hmm. in bringing about this amazing doctrine and truth that is our mother. It is so comforting. I feel wrapped up in a blanket by her. I feel nurtured. I feel like I can take on the world, you know, even when I feel like things are so dark and tumultuous around me. When I think of my mother and imagine that I'm in her womb, suddenly the darkness and the noise and the swirling sensations aren't so big and scary. They're for me. You know, it's my cocoon. It's my refuge. This world is for me to grow, and I feel like I can do it a little bit more. And people are craving that, and people are receiving that as they're ready for it, as it resonates, as the spirit, ancestors, the mother herself works on her children more and more people will receive that. And I want to be in a place where I am able to help catch people and able to help direct people when they sort of fall into this like space of sudden unsurety. And so I don't know exactly if there's like a list of things to do, you know, which feels very masculine anyways. <laughs> but more, I think it's just a place of holding, holding space and just being, you know, being who our mother needs us to be. Yeah. Well, on Sunday night, when I was telling you all my woes, and then we were saying goodbye and had a really nice long hug. And I just felt what you said, you know, wrapping her arms around me. And we weren't saying anything, but I just heard her say, like, just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep going. You know, sometimes I think, I don't know if everybody's like this, but I feel like I'm like, I got to be praying to know like, what should I do next? Like what now, what do I do? You know, like give me another chore. And I feel like more and more it's just sort of like, just keep doing, just keep swimming. And (laughs) The only other thing that came into my mind, especially because of this like grocery store analogy or the traffic analogy is like, if you want to hear more heavenly parents, heavenly mother referenced at church, then you kind of have to put that out into the universe by doing it. Hmm. When you make a comment, I, I know for myself, especially lately because I'm in a new ward and I don't know people as well. I'm usually someone that is comments a lot, right? But in my new ward, I haven't so much for a number of reasons. But when you make a comment, talk about heavenly parents, you know, like mention heavenly parents instead of just heavenly father by himself. Or talk about heavenly mother, like be brave because especially if your desire is just to have like one friend at church that feels the same way as you, because they're never going to know if both of you are just too afraid to even kind of put out your, I don't know what to say, clarion call. (laughs) (laughs) The more people say it, the more others catch on and say, yeah, that actually is kind of logical. They have my parents here. So I don't know. I hope that you'll all write in and tell us where you are sending your energy what new world are you trying to feed and grow in you know it's fall right now 
So as the leaves fall off the trees, what things are you ready to let go of? What chips on your shoulder or pet peeves are you ready to let fall to the ground and compost and nourish your roots and get ready for that new cycle of new life? Beautiful imagery. Thank you for that. I think we could all just go and kind of check in with ourselves on what those things are and release them. I think we knocked it out for having no plan at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just want to include a quote from President Nelson's talk in this last general conference, Overcome the World and Find Rest. He says, each time you do anything good, you are overcoming the world. And I want to do a little bit more study on what he means by overcoming the world because I think he means it in the way I used to understand the world. You know, now I see the world as this beautiful, amazing, good place. (laughs) But I think he means the world, like Babylon, like that kind of frame of reference. But, you know, you could even change it to what resonates for you. Like each time you do anything good... You are overcoming discord. You are overcoming the opposition. You are overcoming everything that wants to destroy and ruin every time you do anything good. And I would add, be anything good. Um, Anytime you put anything good out, (laughs) even if it's just a thought. Beautiful. Well, thank you all for joining us for this conversation. We appreciate you so much. And we also always appreciate you sharing this podcast. And we hope that, you know, our humble offering of our own thoughts is lighting the world a little bit more, sharing, spreading the awareness of Heavenly Mother a tiny bit. Yeah. It's worth it to us. And thank you to all those who are helping us, especially to our 10 people who donate every single month. What the heck? You guys are the best. We are now able to pay for another year of Zoom because of you and your generous donations. And that is what allows us to keep going. So really from the bottom of our hearts, thank you because we love this space. We love doing this. It fills our hearts too. So it really is a bright spot in my life. It's a very good work that I'm grateful to be able to do. So thanks everybody for just help me make this possible amen thanks jess thank you kate thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode feel free to share it and if you haven't yet please leave us a review if you'd like to support the podcast monetarily you can make a monthly donation at anchor.fm slash in her image we hope you'll tune in next sunday for another inspiring episode mm-hmm.